Hello, and welcome back to the Music Majors Club Unpacked. My name is Jesse, and we have arrived. This is our Eras Tour Unpacked episode. A highly anticipated, highly requested episode where we unpack not only Taylor Swift, <laughs> but the Eras Tour show and movie. So buckle up, if, especially if you're driving, <laughs> buckle up. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff in store today, so I cannot wait to unpack all of the Eras Tour content, the Taylor Swift uh, complex, and really dive in. If you are watching, you are seeing all of my Taylor Swift merch. I have a Taylor Swift uh, crew neck on. This is the full Taylor Swift Eras Tour pattern on the crop top. Um, so it's like all of her, all of her um, albums, um, all of her eras, you might say. Uh, the photos, uh, a compilation on the sweater. And uh, in the additional details of the set, I have uh, some Eras Tour merch. So I do have the Eras Tour um, soda cup. I have the cup with that same pattern, all the albums, and the Eras Tour popcorn bucket. Wow. So a special shout out to my some of my Swifty friends who got both of these pieces of merch for me as I uh, am new here and wouldn't have even known how to be first in line for that merch, so thank you. We're gonna talk all things Taylor Swift today, especially the Eras Tour, her show, the movie, and even if you are not necessarily a fan of Taylor Swift, I still encourage you to listen. I'm gonna go through like some of the highlights of the tour, some of my favorite songs that she's performing on the tour, um, and just give you the general concept of what the Eras Tour is all about so stay tuned stay listening stay watching uh this is gonna be a fun episode so let's start with my history of taylor swift i have to come clean 1989 reference uh i am a new swifty at this point i i'm not that new anymore uh, let's be honest i've been a pretty big swifty for at least the past like a couple years but i should say i'm not an og swifty so i don't want to take all the credit for you know being a swifty fan since the beginning i remember when taylor swift you know, came onto the scene. I remember listening to our song. I remember Tim McGraw. And I was like, okay, she's a country gal. I liked those ones. Um, I remember Fearless. Of course, I knew Love Story. I knew the original big songs. But I was not, I would not consider myself a big fan of Taylor Swift until later. Specifically, my uh, fandom really became, uh, I really became a big fan of hers during covid and specifically during Folklore and Evermore. I don't really remember the initial listen to Folklore. I remember knowing of Taylor Swift, of course, and I remember hearing that it was like a surprise album. It was different than her other stuff. And I, ironically, I don't really remember my very first listen to Folklore. Um, but at some point during that experience and during COVID and being home and listening to kind of sad music, um, I really dove in. Folklore was truly my gateway into Taylor Swift. And 
then when Evermore came out as the extension almost to Taylor or to, to to folklore, or some people say like the older sibling, Evermore is like the older sibling to folklore. I kind of love that. Um, those two albums, they just, I mean, they sealed it for me. I've always been, I, li- I like to think I'm a fan of multiple styles of music. I'm not a specific, I don't love just one specific genre. I love all types of music, but I do, if there was a, a style that I more frequently listen to, it is pop. I do like a lot of pop music um but then folk and acoustic or um like piano based guitar based like i i do i do like enjoy that type of music too so i think that's what um folklore i think that's what got me into the folklore vibe I'd, i've i've liked like a mumford and sons style um i've liked that type of music i loved gavin DeGraw back in the day i mean gavin's still kicking but like i loved a lot of gavin DeGraw's um original music so i think a lot of that folk um and acoustic style is what got me really into the folklore evermore so anyways that was my introduction to taylor swift uh, or I should say that was, that was my like induction into Taylor Swift, into the Swifty fandom. You know, that's what really got me into her. And it wasn't until I had started meeting other Swifties, um, that I started getting like more involved in the Swifty nation and, um, started listening to the other music. And of course with the re-records, like with all that new music coming out, I mean, I hadn't really listened to like all of Red. I didn't know all of Red, and I certainly did not know all of Speak Now or Fearless. Like, I did not know um, those albums at all. I knew 1989, like, I, I knew those songs, and I knew Reputation, but the originals, those original albums, I did not know those, like, at all. So, the re-records definitely brought me back in through the history of Taylor Swift, through her eras, which of course is the design of the eras tour, bringing you through the history of all of her music. And I think that just makes sense in tandem to what she's doing with three records. It's like all designed to be, you know, to keep bringing people in. It's an amazing strategy almost to keep um, listeners involved, like her OG listeners, and then even like new listeners, new um, fans of hers that can go back through her discography and learn and, 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 like fall in love with her even more so that's kind of my history with taylor swift um and it's so funny i think taylor swift got such a bad rep for a while of people just like i i believe they were just oversaturated with her and i think that's what happens to a lot of artists they just get overplayed and they get pushed and you it's like all you hear is that one artist or all you hear is like about that artist which is what leads so perfectly into reputation where she's like, okay, well then screw all of you. Like, uh, my reputation is my own, you know, uh, like I'll take back my reputation with whatever I decide and I make the rules kind of thing, you know? But I think that's what happens with artists. And I, I watched a really interesting video about, or I heard somebody talking about, um, Taylor Swift being people just hated Taylor Swift just to hate her. Like, and that's any artist that happens in the industry of like an oversaturated artist or 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 genre or style or or food or whatever like too much of one thing of course can be too much so i think it was just easy for people to start like hating on taylor swift but she's just come so full circle with now like she's just the biggest artist in the world like she at just everything she does is is on this you know grand scale and i and i really applaud her for like going through the motion of like the highs the lows and now she's just this is just she's just she's huge she's everywhere you know and i and i think that all culminates from this tour specifically too like 
in addition to the re-records, but the tour, um, having all these different albums, having all these, having, having this reached so many different listeners, especially so many different generations of listeners. Like they were saying there's like three different generations at Taylor Swift concerts, you know, like the age range is so wide because she has like her old fans, she has her new fans and she has everything in between. Like she's just, the reach is so far. And I think that's what's really cool, too, about bringing it into theaters, like being able to see the Eras tour tour in theaters um, so that it just pushes her reach even further. Anyone can go and see the movie because obviously we knew that the tour itself was like impossible to get tickets to, to get master, all that scandal, all that drama. But now it's more accessible to be able to go and see the show, see the tour in theaters. Love it. And then that's the exact same concept I love that her and Beyonce have both brought the tour to theaters. I think that's so amazing. And it's such a great, it's such an easy move. It's like, you're already, you're already doing this. You might as well keep it going and bring it to theaters. And with Beyonce in mind, I think it's so great that two women can be successful at the same time. They don't have to be more successful than the other. They don't have to be in competition with another, you know, everyone's like, oh, Beyonce versus Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift versus Beyonce. It's like we can all appreciate a talented performer and we and and they don't have to be in competition with each other. They're not in competition with anybody. They're the most successful women on the planet. So there's no competition, at least from what this Swifty thinks, you know, like they whatever. I can't wait to go see the Beyonce movie. I I've heard that it's more like documentary than just the actual show. And I actually want both. I want both for both artists. I want a documentary of the tour and I want the tour. And Taylor's so far has just been the tour. You know, it's just like you're actually at the show. Beyonce's, uh, we'll see. We'll see what Beyonce's comes out to. I want to see it both. I did not get to go to Beyonce's tour, so I want to actually see the full tour, but I also want a documentary. So I want it all. But I did get to go see Taylor. So I saw Taylor, uh, and this was the first time I ever saw Taylor Swift. Uh, I saw the Eras tour in Tampa uh, at Raymond James Stadium. Huge, phenomenal, biggest concert I think I've ever seen other than BTS in Wembley Stadium. I've Those are definitely the biggest shows I've ever seen. I saw BTS in London and at Wembley Stadium a couple years ago, just before the pandemic, actually. Um, that was phenomenal. Army, where you at? Um, so that was pro- that that is the other biggest show I've ever seen. Wembley Stadium, BTS. But um, Taylor's at, at Raymond James. That was absolutely the biggest show uh, other than BTS in Wembley that I've that I've seen. So not only was it like an amazing time to see Taylor Swift because it's in this huge stadium. It's her biggest show ever. But um, it was my first time seeing her. So it was it was so cool. And I went with my Swifty friends. It was so much fun. Um, and that's why I think about going to see the movie is really cool to do because like you don't have to be a big fan to go appreciate the movie. You can go see the movie. You can enjoy it. You can have a good time. You can sit and enjoy the movie. You can get up and dance and whatever. So not only did I see the Eras tour live in concert, but I also saw the Eras tour movie in theaters. Uh, I saw it twice. Actually, the first time I saw it with my Swifty friends, the same Swifty friends I went to the tour with and we were up and dancing, having a good time. That was right when the movie came out in theaters. So a lot of people were up and dancing, which I thought was fun. I get it. If you're too much and like obnoxious, you don't want to ruin other people's experience. So I do get that. I, I, I do know that can be a little bit much, but most people were up and dancing and it was a really good time. 
The second time I saw it, uh, were with my friends, and uh, they're they're Swifties. They're they're not as probably big as Swifties as um, my other friends, but we went and we saw it, and we had a good time. We sat; it was fine. I tried to stay chill and you know cool, calm, collected. Uh, but uh, it was cool to see like both sides of like go to the theaters in both sides of the experience, where um, you have a big group of Swifties and then like more moderate, you know. And I think that's why it's cool that it's in theaters, just like Beyonce's movie will be in theaters so that everyone can experience it whether you're a mega fan whether you're a newbie or somewhere in between it's like why not open up music for everyone you know what a concept so diving into the specifics of the show and of the movie let's talk about some of the different songs that they played at the Eras tour let's talk about some of the ones that they didn't play um, and i want to go era by era technically all the songs like every song sounded amazing it's on this mega stage the 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 accoutrements, the effects, the lighting, the dancers, the everything is to the max. Like everything, of course, is amazing. But I'm going to more highlight some of like my favorites in seeing it. When the Aerostore starts, it has this huge mashup, this like mega mix of little sound bites from each era. And I just think that is so cool. If you haven't heard it yet, I'll link, uh, I'll link a sample of it down below. I think that is just so cool. It gets you so hyped. It gets you so ready for the beginning of the show. And I remember walking in, um, the first night, the first night that I saw it and we were running, we were like running because we thought there were previews and there weren't previews. So we were running a little bit late, uh, and we were running and I could hear, I could hear this opening thing playing and I was like oh my gosh this is it and I it was so exciting like I was so hyped and right when we like got into our seats it was like it's been a long time coming but and then it just started because it starts with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince and it is such a banger like from the beginning it is so, it's just lit it's crazy and then segues into Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer is so out of the blue successful going number one on the Hot 100 and still number one right now um as a song that came out years ago and wasn't even officially released as a single back in the day the fact that it's number one the Irish tour certainly pushed cruel summer into that spot cruel summer should have been a single cruel summer should have been a number one back in the day and it was very sad that it did not receive all the recognition that it deserved and i'm so glad that it finally did honestly skimming through lover getting into fearless so fearless comes next so we open so we opened the show with Lover. Lover is the very first album. And I actually think it's really specific that she opens the tour with Lover because before the pandemic and before Folklore and Evermore released, she was going on tour for Lover. And I didn't even know Lover like that back in the day. I guess I didn't even mention Lover. I remember it releasing, but I was, I don't know. I just, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't a, make, a big fan. So I think it's very intentional that she starts the Ayers tour with lover because that's where she left us last she left us with lover and then the pandemic happened and we were like you know we were we were on lockdown we had folklore we had evermore those were like underground you know experiences almost and then now that she's back on tour she's starting where she left off with lover it makes sense to me so lover kicks off the show uh the, the era lover and then we go into fearless she opens the fearless era with fearless and then you belong with me and love story of course number one i guess i should look this up but i feel like love story is like her number one song of all time i guess it'd be hard to really rank um like taylor swift's but and when i say number one i mean like successful like i think that's the most commercially successful song is love story i think i don't know it's hard to put number one on Taylor Swift, you know? Everything she releases is a number one. And then after Fearless, we get into Evermore. 
so great so great of course a little bit less like energy you know a little bit more somber of an experience of course if you're a fan of this era this is like yeah, everything just looks amazing but you're in the woods you got the trees it's beautiful there were some songs that didn't make it to the movie version like i said we'll talk about it i have a post on tiktok that is actually my very first post on tiktok to have a million views which is crazy okay numbers whatever they're fine they're not the end of the world not the biggest deal uh but it's my first post to ever have a million views and it's about the songs that are scrapped from the movie so people were not happy but with skip songs in mind this one has one of them and i should say lover also had a skip song too in the movie so the movie like i mentioned does not include everything uh in the movie version they in lover they do skip the archer very sad and then in Evermore, they do skip Tis the Damn Season, which is how Evermore starts in the show. Very sad. I don't know why. Um, but I love that she plays Champagne Problems. I think that's one of Taylor Swift's own favorite songs. I think she loves Champagne Problems. So uh, I think that's, I love that. I love that. And, and then, of course, Willow with the whole, like, cape and the whole, you know, witchy vibe with the little orbs they're all holding. I think that's so cool. They really leaned into that being, like, being a cool aesthetic and a cool vibe from the music video. So I love that they brought that to the show. And yeah, I mean, Evermore was always rumored to have been not one of Taylor Swift's favorite genres. She doesn't post about it very much. She didn't promote it very much as, as far as what the internet thinks, you know. She did still release a lot for it, but the internet always joked that like she hated Evermore like or that it was not her favorite. And she acknowledges it in one of the very first shows. She's like, okay, I know the internet thinks that I hate Evermore, but I don't. And so here we are. We're in the Evermore era. And I love that. It's almost like she reclaimed her opinion and her own thoughts on Evermore. So I think that was really cool then leaving evermore we go in to reputation reputation was honestly iconic the way that it starts the hype the impact and especially going from that lower energy evermore era into reputation they did that the fan chant is iconic for delicate the one two three let's go that is so cool to not only experience in person at the concert but then like in theaters everybody did it that was really fun it's like a cool thing for the fans and of course, we expect Reputation to be one of the next re-released uh, albums, one of the next Taylor's version albums. So this was really, really big. Then we had Speak Now, and Speak Now was really short. She had one song from Speak Now, which was Enchanted. And I didn't know Enchanted from back in the day. So getting to experience Enchanted Now was really, really cool. Um, and it was beautiful. She had this big, huge dress that, of course, every outfit she, every outfit had multiple variants and variations. It was just like a really beautiful um, performance. And then she added Long Live. So Long Live was added to the tour, but then they didn't include it in the, mu in the movie. So Long Live, they do play during the during the credits but it was not in the movie and then we get to red red also has some of taylor's other just like classic songs um i do think we are never ever getting back together is one of her biggest ones too and so is 22 that's why i say it's hard to say like what her most commercially successful number one song is because all of them have reached such heights and as a new fan, I only just now in 2023 got into all too well i know it's sad. It's crazy. It's sick. I know. I'm the worst Swifty ever. I get it. I finally got into the All Too Well experience. It finally hit me, and it hit. Moving from Red, we go into Folklore. You already know. This was my fave. Again, the aesthetics were just right. Like, all the screens had, uh, like, a woodsy aesthetic. They brought the Folklore house, like, this little house that um, just looks, looks like a little cabin in the woods. They brought that to the um, to the tour. 
she originally started this era with Invisible String. And Invisible String is absolutely one of my top Taylor songs. Of course, top top one of my top songs off of Folklore, if not the top song. Um, but she cut it. She performed it a couple times. And then I think personally, I think it was just like too sad for her to keep performing with her whole breakup with Joe. And so they never continued to perform it. Very, very sad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Sad. I'm so sad. I didn't get to hear that live. Um, but oh, well. The Last Great American Dynasty was really, really well done. The production value of it, it's like a whole dance choreographed performance. I mean, of course, most of the songs had a very choreographed performance, but Last Great American Dynasty had like a performance that told a story, which was really, really cool. And I like that they did that, especially for a song that most people that like if you're not a folklore fan, you might not have really been invested in this era but the fact that they had like such a well choreographed performance i think that was well executed to bring in um non-fans to maybe be able to appreciate that performance so that was cool of course august was amazing her running around the stage ah so good and then honestly for folklore i don't understand how for the movie version they cut cardigan where 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 is the explanation there will be no explanation there will only be reputation but like where is the explanation for cutting cardigan cardigan was like the biggest song off of folklore you hear it everywhere it's still like a very commercially successful song i hear it in the malls i hear it shopping here on the radio like how do they cut cardigan i don't know i try to think like maybe the performances that were kind of like maybe just a little like less exciting i don't want to say boring because like i obviously loved all of these even though these were like the slower sadder songs but cardigan wasn't even like a slow sad performance cardigan is a banger and they cut it from the movie i don't know i don't know i don't know they didn't ask me right oh and i forgot uh she also cut seven from folklore yikes i don't know how i forgot that one and she cut nobody no crime i'm pretty sure that the heim sisters were there in la at sofi stadium like the night that they recorded this so i'm not sure why they cut nobody no crime but whatever Anyways, 1989's up next. Of course, that was our latest re-record, 1989, all bangers. They did cut Wildest Dreams, another surprising cut. I get it, that one is a little bit slower, just like Cardigan. Like, maybe the slower songs were the ones they were trying to just get rid of. They wanted to keep the energy high. I totally get that. But Wildest Dreams, also hugely commercially successful. Not sure why they cut that one, but they did. It is interesting that Bad Blood was only the chorus like, she only sings the chorus. She doesn't sing the verses, if my memory is correct. It's, like, just the chorus each time. Um, and the bridge. And she does do the bridge, of course. I mean, gotta have a bridge. Okay, and then moving from 1989, we end with our last era, Midnight's. Bangers. I think Midnight Rain was my favorite performance of Midnight's. Midnight Rain is also one of my favorite songs from Midnight's, but they do such a good job with, like, the reveal, like there's a costume change during Midnight Rain and the umbrellas go down. She does a costume change and then they come back up uh, and she has a new outfit on. And I think that is so cool and perfectly like well executed. And then, of course, ending the show with Karma. What a great choice. Upbeat, fun. It was still like a new song to us because Midnight's had just come out. So when the tour started, it was just like still an exciting way to end the show because we were all like getting into Midnight's and Karma and everything. And honestly, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she performed for it's like it's definitely three hours, if not four hours. I do not understand because by the time it got to Midnight's in not only the live show, like being at the tour, 
but also the movie, by the time it gets to Midnight's, I, as a viewer, am exhausted. I'm, and I'm just sitting there watching, right? I'm not, I'm not performing. I'm exhausted by the time Midnight's comes on. How in the world does she do it? I don't know. I don't get it. And Beyonce's right up there too with a long show, three or four hours. How are these performers iconically and 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 doing it well? Like, how are they performing for this long? It's insane. The talent, the level of professionalism, the performance skill, it's amazing. I, I don't know how they do it. So the era story in a nutshell uh, was nonetheless iconic. Um, like I mentioned, if you were not able, like if you didn't go and see the tour itself, I recommend the movie uh, to anybody. I think anybody can appreciate it. Anybody can enjoy it. Uh, it's a walk through her life of all the different genres of music that she's done, all the albums that she's done, all the eras that we've experienced, obviously. Uh, and I just think it was really well done. I think watching it in, in theaters, of course, was a different experience than watching it on tour and live. But I think the movie version was so well produced and created. It made you feel like you were still there but also like the best version of being there because you're not just in one seat. The movie version shows you angles from everywhere, like a, a, the, a broad angle, a close angle. Like you just got to see everything. You got to see the best angles of everything. So as we wrap our very first full Taylor Swift episode up, uh, I look forward to our next re-recordings, which are of course, Reputation and Debut, Taylor Swift. But I'm so thankful that I was able to be a part of the era's tour the the actual tour itself the movie i'm glad that i've become a fan now like later than never at all you know i always appreciated taylor swift i always knew she was talented i knew she wrote her music um but i just think she's come so far and i'm just so thankful that i, I i'm part of this now you know like i know people i know fans can be crazy of any of any artist and i know it's a lot i know she's everywhere she's at all the football games i know but it's just it's just so fun to be a part of like i i just really am thankful for the music that I've listened to from Taylor Swift, the lyrics that I've aligned with, the friends that I've made, the experiences that I've had. I'm just really thankful that Taylor Swift is like not in my life directly, obviously, but I'm just really thankful that Taylor Swift is in my life. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening and watching. Be sure to like, uh, be sure to subscribe, and you too can become a music major. Bye.